Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Katie F., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Thursday, January 4th, 2024, and today we're reading from the big book, and we are in the doctor's opinion, page XXVII, the fifth paragraph, many years ago, through one paragraph, ending with practical application at once. And today's readers are, and thank you for your service, for the 12 Steps, Jen P., for the 12 Traditions, Susan G., and reading the text are Reva P. and Judy N., and our backup is Maura Z. The newcomer greeter is Vanita L., and the host of the second hour is Eileen M. The reference numbers for Wednesday, January 3rd, 2024, for the 7 a.m. meeting is 20,002, that's 20002, and for the 10 a.m. meeting is 20,003, that's 20003. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Jen P. to read the 12 steps. Hey, Katie, can you hear me okay? Yes. This is Jen T. Grateful, recovering compulsive overeater. Step one, we admitted we were powerless over alcohol and that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people whenever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, thought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him. 
praying only for will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Jen P. Okay, I will now ask Susan G. to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. This is Susan G. in Tennessee. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards and committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personality. Thank you. I'll pass. Thank you, Susan G. Okay, how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. We resume our study of the big book in the doctor's opinion on page XSVII, the fifth paragraph many years ago through one application at once. Well, I will now ask Reva P. to begin reading. Good morning. This is Reva P., 
grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Many years ago, one of our leading contributors to this book came under our care in this hospital. And while here, he acquired some ideas which he put into practical application at once. Okay, so for me, this is talking about Bill W who came under Dr. Silkworth's care and he acquired certain ideas. So he learned about the allergy of the body, the obsession of the mind. And what strikes me the most in this paragraph is that he put them into practical application. He didn't just study and analyze and think and debate. He actually applied the ideas um, in his life. And not only did he apply the ideas, he applied them at once. So I can study this big book on these meetings. I can learn. I can know my diagnosis. I can know what the treatment is. And I can wait for next week, next month, next year, next New Year's, um, after this birthday, after this holiday. Um, and I think the key is to constantly be putting these ideas into application in my daily life at once. So when I'm agitated or doubtful, what do I do? What do I do when I wake up? What do I like at once? Anytime there's a disturbance, anytime I have a question and I need to ask, um, I do it at once. Um, before I came into this program, everything was always, I'll do it, I don't know, next week, another time. It seemed so big and so insurmountable. Um, but God is in the now. God is now. Um, not tomorrow and not next week. So what do I need to do at once? Is there somebody I need to call? Is there some step work I need to do? Um, is there restraint of tongue that needs to be practiced at once <laughs> with the people I love the most? Um, but it's about applying. Um, we, we talked about this yesterday. If I don't put it into application um, and I don't get the experience, I'm not gonna get the promises or the miracle. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much for getting us started, Reva. And although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your shares to every third day in order that others might share their experience. So who would like to share on this page, um, XXVII, the fifth paragraph? Are one to unmute. Jackie B. Jackie uh, Richard. B. Richard. Richard. Got you, Richard. Richard, what is the initial of your last name? Richard K. from uh, D.C. Okay. Anyone else? Okay, well, let's start with those two, and then hopefully people will get Judy in from Maryland. I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. Something from Maryland. Judy in from Maryland. Oh, Judy in. Okay. And Basa O from Florida. Basa O. Okay. Um, so let's go with Jackie B., Richard K., Judy N., and Basa O. Go ahead, please, Jackie. 
Hi, this is Jackie B. from the Bronx. Um, thank you so much, everybody, for your service. Um, what I find for me is I can't sit anymore. That's the beauty of this program. Once you've gone through the steps, um, it's imperative that when I find that I'm agitated in anything, it could be the smallest little thing, I need to um, reach out to a fellow um, person because I need to get rid of it. I can't carry it anymore. That's what r runs me ragged. I'll give you a perfect example. And this is just, with all the recovery I have, yesterday I get a text from my, um, from my knee surgery that I owe $21,000, And you think I, I, I almost went ballistic. And the first thing they went in my head, I'll be honest with you, was the bakery. Um, but, you know, thank God that I have a program today and God watches over me. And I said, calm down. I had somebody in the car with me. It's probably a mistake because if you did the left one and, the, and they paid it, the insurance, why wouldn't they pay the right one? And you know what? Thank God I have that time to pause. And I put it out there. Um, I called them up and they said, oh, we're sorry. They built it wrong. They switched insurance. I have two insurances, so they switched it the wrong way, and that's why they set me that. And you know what? It got corrected. But the point is, is that that's why it's important to, when we get that, 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 that feeling, that agitation, that fear, that anxiety, that um, un, you know, uncertainty, that we reach out to somebody else and we, we share it. We don't wear it this time. Um, so I put that out there because, like I said, um, I was feeling like because things have been going very well in my recovery, that what if something goes wrong? I'm waiting for the other shoe to drop. But that's all, Jackie. That's why you have to rely on the steps. That's why you have to rely on the fellowship, on this program, and understand that no matter what, I'm going to be a compulsive overeater till the day I die. So you know what? In order not to have a bakery, in order not to go and spend crazy amounts of money, I am here to say, pause and reach out. That's what you need to do today. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Jackie. Okay, Richard K., you're up, followed by Judy M. Um, thank you so much. Um, so, uh, boy, um, so first of all, I would say, you know, I am a compulsive overeater. Um, I can identify myself with that. Um, but I think the hard part uh, for me where I struggle with, and this is my step one, is the doctor's opinion. Um, I don't consider myself recovered. Um, you know what, um, you know, I love that idea of these um, ideas that Bill uh, came up with or that, you know, he was inspired by, really. Um, and uh, I think my challenge, my step one, has been um so you know it's hard um you know if you have some medical knowledge and it um you know because i can you know I, I want the truth you know and at the same time i have this i do have this side of me that's very obsessive you know it's it's all over any any anything i learn you know medically uh you know, any techniques, any different things, um, I'm questioning them. Um, you know, so one thing that I've, I've, you know, people have told me, and I'm suspending some of that judgment and just listening. 
Um, but I think, you know, this is, like I said, kind of like, a, you know, I need the truth. And, um, you know, I, I do, I, I, I do, I can state because of my experience and, you know, diagnoses by medical doctors, you know, that I, I, I've had a serious mental illness once in my life and I, it's a chronic condition. Now, you know, as a part of that, you know, you've got a brain abnormality, the way that your impulsivity um, is, is a huge issue. But I think it is hard. The medical profession has, I think, now recognized that obesity is a disease, that it has um, behavioral components. But I don't know. I get hooked up on the addiction. You know, I, I you know, I've read that, you know, uh, e-food can be very, it, you know, it is, let's say just simplified, it is addictive as like, let's say, but is it as addictive as opiates? I mean, people who are substance, who have problems with substance abuse, narcotics, and I mean, I appreciate talking to them because they say yes. But I think like, you know, but it's, it's, it's not 100% there yet. And maybe where we are is where they were with alcohol. Or maybe it's subtle. And I think for me, what I struggle with is that, you know, do I have this addiction like, you know, someone who has an opiate uh, problem who needs re rehab, detox, the whole, whole thing, and then they need a spiritual awakening. But, you know, I know that I use it for emotional problems. I know there are all kinds of alcoholics. And I, I have tried to go through mental health, through doctors and everything. And it, sometimes it bothers me that... Thank you. And I, I just want to say thank you. Okay. Thank you so much, Richard K. And Judy N., you're up, followed by Vasa O. Thank you. Good morning. I'm Judy N. from Maryland, living one day at a time in recovery. And when I read um, this chapter, and particularly I'm focusing on this paragraph, but the truth is I have such gratitude to Dr. Silkworth. The first the first letter, he's sort of giving validation and credibility to this program and the 100 um, founding um, members. And then the second letter, boy, this is where he really gives the depth and the weight of what his experience um, has taught him and about uh, addiction, alcoholism. And um, he admits before that it's beyond his he does not, he's not able to help those um, chronic, um, what do you call them, hopeless alcoholics, the true compulsive overeaters, the real compulsive overeaters, the real alcoholism, um, because their difficulties beyond uh, what, what science, what his scientific approach can do. So he states that, and then after he admits that <clears throat> medical science can't, Cure the, this type of alcoholic, um, the, the chronic um, person that's you know going to die from the disease. Then he brings up Bill, and it's it's kind of like so well written in the sequence of what he does. So he brings up Bill there <clears throat> as sort of like the spokesman for the program and <clears throat> the person that. Um, was the first one to say, can I work with other alcoholics in your hospital that you're unable to help? And Dr. Silkworth was open to it to see as a researcher, well, let's see what, what happens. And um, 
so, and then the rest of this uh, letter is going to give you the meat, the real meat of the disease, as in Dr. Silkworth's words, and it's very strong in my opinion. And for me, it was like, wow, you know, I'm not crazy. I I am different. Yeah, I'm different, but I'm not crazy. I'm okay. This is what it is. This is what's happening with me. I have an allergy of the body. And I knew I had an obsessive mind, but as far as these foods, there's that addictive reaction to it. And um, I just, in this particular paragraph, he's just saying that it's Bill who came under the care in the hospital, and it's Bill that acquired these ideas. He had a spiritual awakening, and then he put, as was stated before, he started taking action. And I'm just grateful to the gratitude I have for <clears throat> Dr. Silkworth because I believe that this letter that he wrote is needed to, for every person like me anyway that has been trying to figure out what the hell's wrong with me. And is there Thank a way Okay. Thank you. With that, I pass. Thank you. Okay, Vasa O. That was Judy N. from Maryland, and now we'll have Vasa O. Mm. Thank you, Katie, for your service. I'm Vasa Grateful, grateful, recovered, compulsive reader come from um, Port Charlotte, Florida. And I did not know much about the disease of uh, compulsive overeater and the allergy. I'm so grateful I read the doctor's opinion. And my sponsor told me a little bit about the allergy even before she brought me to the first meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. And I did try to put the, they call the alcoholic foods, I don't know how they call them, to put him down, but I wasn't really fully abstinent for one week before coming to the program. And then uh, hearing um, about the disease and about the allergy, I just was so grateful to find out what the problem was that I had been trying, trying to control over the years. And every time, you know, I picked it up, which I didn't know was disease, and I'd, the mental obsession would start. I had no clue. I had no clue about any of this stuff. What I needed, like Bill, you know, for myself, I know he had a couple relapses before he surrendered. For myself, what I needed to do at once to surrender, that's what I was told to, to surrender to a higher power greater than myself or or the program, you know, and I needed to commit myself. I, you know, I know I shared this many times. I didn't want to die. Well, the the compulsion was so bad. I felt so hopeless, like Bill and many of us, that I, I just, I couldn't put it down, and I gave in into the food addiction before I came to OA because whatever I tried, nothing worked. So yes, I was surrender. I had, you know, I had no other choice. Do it or you don't do it. Live or die. And I wanted to live. I had a three-year-old child to raise, and I didn't want that child to have a sick mother or dead mother. And that was a big motivation for me to also to do this. And I haven't left, and I keep on working the steps the way they laid out. And I'm grateful we are on. On, on, on step one, to see the difference from where I was to where I am today by working the steps and having a higher power, which I call God in my life today. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
Thank you, Vasa. Okay, so if you've just joined us, we are on page XXVII in the doctor's opinion, the fifth paragraph, commenting on only that paragraph many years ago through practical application at once. Who else would like to share? Who hasn't shared in the last couple of days? Janice PM. Janice PM. Krista F. I'm sorry, could you say that again? Krista F. Krista F, okay. Lynn S. Lynn S. Ruvain H. Ruvain H. Okay, so we're just going at four at a time this, today. How about anyone else before I stop this group? Vicky B. Vicky B. Can take one or two more. Lori D. Lori D. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's go with that group Janice PM, Krista F., Lynn F., Ruvane H., Jackie B., and Lori D. Go ahead, please, Janice. Yes, good morning again, Katie. Um, this is Janice uh, PM, and I am a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater living in Massachusetts. Now, this is like the foundation. This is the most important idea for me that I've experienced. And, you know, it's, it's, it's really getting to know deep down in my heart um, you know, how, how was my experience? You know, every time I put certain substances in my body, I physically, see, this is in the physical now, physically um, lost control. You know, I lost control on how much I was going to eat. I wanted to eat one cookie, one donut, and I could never try to control this quote reaction of the substance in my body and that's what the doctor calls the allergy now in the medical field or in the layman's field an allergy is something that you break out with blah 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 if i'm allergic to fish you know um i find when i eat fish you know i'll get locked my throat whatever it is or if i'm allergy an allergy to penicillin you know, I can't say, well, I'm off of penicillin now, and I think I can ask the doctor if I can get back to it. Well, what does he do? He says, no, you're allergic to penicillin. You're still going to have the same reaction. So this is what we have to really know is that, you know, it's my experience that every time I ate that substance, I had a craving that's what we call, not in the layman's, but something actually happened in my body, physiology, physiologically. Um, it, 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 that never happens in my, my husband. or never happened in my husband. And that was after I ate, not before. Before would be the obsession, but after I ate. So the phenomenon of craving that doctor was explaining to me, and it took me a long time to really accept this. But with my experience, 
<laughs> this is what happens. I could never figure it out. And I tried. Maybe it was my mother because she was alcoholic. Maybe my father was a gambler. That's why I do this. That's why I don't do that. Well, no, it's because I was born or whatever happened, I have a phenomenon of craving that never occurs in somebody else. Why can she eat all those donuts and not get heavy and blah, blah, blah? Well, I have to be born all over again because this is what I have to accept. This is what happens. I had no more ideas, no more methods of how I could get rid of this. Go to the doctors, find out why. Oh, yeah, okay, I found out why, but I still... Time, please. Yes, and now that means that I am going to pass. Thank you. Thank you, Janice PM. Okay, Krista F., you're up, followed by Lynn S. Good morning, everybody. My name is Krista with a K-S. In Georgia, I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater today. Um, this just really, the, the two words at once really spoke to me this morning. You know, kind of different. A, a lot of people are share, have shared about that at once um, in the beginning, and, and I'm not that far from the beginning, so it, it sort of speaks to me on both. But, yes, at once uh, I shared um, on the newcomer meeting earlier that, that first day, like I wasn't, I didn't believe I had an ability to get abstinent then, but my sponsor said, can you write down just for today what you are going to eat and eat only in exactly that just right now? And I wasn't planning to uh, get abstinent that day, but I said, yes, I, I think I can do that. And so I did that at once and it, it began to lead to one day and then the next day. But more importantly than that first beginning, what I thought of today is this at once is now. It's like every day, um, am I taking the action at once? Like it's one thing to take the action, get abstinent, but my experience was that I didn't stay abstinent before. So how do I apply this practical application to myself um, every day with God's help? And I think of you know, the practical application to me is like taking the knowledge that's been given to my brain and allowing the painful journey from my head to my heart and taking action on that at once. And, you know, like this morning I wrote in my prayer meditation about a coworker that annoys me. And and God showed me in, in his response to me that I feel superior to her. And um, and so I said, how would you have me act in this situation? And he gave me clear directions on what I can do to remedy that and be kind and look for ways to be of service and look for ways to get to know her better. And I believe that I have to do it at once because I think if I don't do whatever the direction is at once, self takes over. And it made me think of when it says at once in step three, that an effect was felt at once. And so it says to me, what I feel is that power that I need to take the action at once today is given to me to match each Whatever God shows me that I need to do, whether it's in regards to food, whether it's in regards to the lady at work or my children, letting go of them, their issues, um, I have the power 
to do whatever the action is at once. So for me, it's not just about getting abstinent in the beginning, but how the heck to stay abstinent um, by following the directions at once, not just in my head, but in my heart and in my actions. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you. And now we'll have, that was Crystal, 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 not sure, F. And now we'll have Lynn S. followed by Ruvane H. Good morning, Katie. Good morning, Vision. This is Lynn S., Recovered Compulsive Reader in Toronto, Canada. When this paragraph was read this morning, I got such a sense of peace washing over me. It was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal. And I thought, what a miracle this program is. Some ideas which you put into practical application at once. That's it. That's all. That is the relief from that alcoholic torture I suffered for so many years. And I just, it's, it's amazing because I know, you know, the next paragraph is power packed and there's all this information and stuff. But right now I'm just sitting in the glow of this incredible peace and serenity that God has provided when I lived in such anguish and a, and a mind that was going 24-7 and telling me do this and that, something else, and let's get going and got to move here and, you know, and being ready for what I don't know and doom, despair and disaster or, or activity up the, you know, wahoo sort of just going, going, going and doing and trying to solve and fretting. And it, and it isn't that. This amazing God-given program quiets our mind, quiets those desperate urges that we have to self-destruct in a myriad of ways, provides a simple, uncomplicated way of living life, dealing with people, places, and things, things that I never could before. I am just so grateful for peace of mind, for contentment. That's the word. There's the word. Never experienced contentment until I came into program. And all it is is connecting with a God of our own understanding. We don't even have to be forced into a box to, to accept something we don't believe in. I am just so grateful. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lynn S. And now we'll have Ruvane H. followed by Vicki B. Thank you. Um, thanks for your service. My name is Ruvane H. from Israel. And uh, very grateful to be here on this meeting and share on this paragraph. Um, you know, there are several things here that strike me. Um, uh, one is that um, a doctor was able, Dr. Silkworth, I'm grateful to him, um, he was able to accept something or try something out and be creative 
um, and say, let's give this a chance. Um, and, um, you know, it, it says something, too, about, you know, the openness that he had um, in this day and age at that time, especially, um, to be open to something which was, you know, was out of the box. Um, and um, I think if someone had said something to him, though, that, you know, this is what I would try, uh, this is what I think, um, and there was no backup to it, um, that quite likely, perhaps he wouldn't have accepted that. But there was um, ideas and the physical presence and the emotional and spiritual presence of Bill in this paragraph that communicated to him also um, that, look, this is working. This has worked. This is working. These are great ideas. Uh, so it was the two of them together um, uh, coming up with this idea that, yeah, we can do this in the hospital. And it also, you know, it, it makes me um, think about, um, and why it's also useful for me is, you know, how open am I to what I see right in front of me? You know, uh, you know, we've been talking some, some of the uh, discussion and about this thing is the, the allergy of the body. Well, you know, it's like, I can deny it if I want. Um, and this is based on personal experience. This is my experience as to what is happening, what is uh, going on for me, and what is changing about me. So um, Bill felt the change, communicated it to the doctor. The doctor is open. Um, they do it, and it works out successfully. And it just gives me right here some guidance for the open moving. Be open to what you experience and see and what other, be open to the facts. Because this recovery is, for me, also coming out of denial, being in reality, in God's reality. Um, but again, it's just the, the, the energy here um, uh, to do this. And, and gratefully, I'm in the process of my um, psychically uh, being Time, please. Uh, recovered. Um, thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Ruvain H. from Israel. Okay, Vicki B., you're up, followed by Lori D., and then we'll open it up. We'll have time for a few more. Good morning. Vicki V., V as in Vicki, from Long Island, New York, here. Thank you so much for your service today. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I didn't always believe that. I've been doing this since 2019, so I'm just a baby. I thought I was a sugar addict, and I certainly was. But stop there. And I'm realizing this time around that food is not my problem. It's emotions, feelings, and the character defects that have embedded themselves into my body and my mind that just take over my body and my mind and, and take me to a place that I can't get out of alone. My mind is a dangerous place, and I can't stay there alone under my own power. It's not just resentment, which for me is really easy, but it's also excitement and feeling good. You know, when I can think that I'm in control, even that, wow, look at this thing I just did. Well, I've got this. The truth is I'm in my, fi my finite self, and I must give all of me to my infinite God. 
he must be my power. He's the reason things will go right in a moment. Uh, he's everything or he's nothing. Practical application for me means that something is accomplished in my life and God has granted that accomplishment. It means that I must surrender and seek his guidance with my feelings and with my bodily reactions to life's challenges, feeling his pride when I follow his, his direction. I mean, I'm never going to be so recovered that it's going to be my first thought, but my second thought must be just stop what you're doing and turn it all over. It has to be, or I won't forgive myself because I'm a perfectionist. I didn't do it right the first time, so now I failed. Go to bed and try it again tomorrow. No, I have to be able to start over every minute of every day. Um, being grateful to him for showing me that it's okay to feel good and excited, but there must be balance. And that gratitude should be spoken to him, he who has made all things possible. Because as soon as I hear my say, myself say or feel, wow, look what I've done, I've already turned away from practical application. And I cannot rest on my laurels because yesterday's shower doesn't keep me clean. I'm really happy to be here today. Thank you all for your shares. They are so helpful to me. I'm going to keep coming back. I pass. Thank you, Vicki V, as in Vicki. Okay, Lori D, you're up, and then we'll open it up for more shares. Hi, thank you. My name is Lori D. I'm calling from Sonora, California. And uh, thank you, everyone who shared before and everyone who's listening on the line. Um, I love how I can find out where you are in the book by just listening to the shares. And that tells me like we're all focused, you know, which is amazing for us, you know, compulsive people. Um, this, this paragraph here, um, you know, the doctor has seen a solution and he's got to introduce it the spiritual solution. And I just think how amazing that is that a doctor could set aside everything he thought he knew, which is what I'm being asked to do in this program, to set aside everything I think I know in trade for this thing I don't know. And it's an experiment that proves itself out. Um, it's the thing of it is, is I think that the doctor had to get, had to fall to his knees knowing he was powerless over alcohol and alcoholics. And he had no other solution. And I find myself, you know, pattern, pattern or following in the steps of the doctor except it's my own disease you know he was kind of on the outside looking in I'm on the inside looking in you know at the truth of the matter that none of my solutions have worked to this point and already been proven out that this works but the biggest thing that I have to do every day is get up and make a choice. Do I want to be sober-minded today with the food or do I not? 
And if I do, I need to set aside everything that I think I know. And believe me, I think I know a lot. Because I've tried a lot. And I continue to try those same failures over and over and over again, just like the doctor. He he must have tried for many, many years. I don't know the numbers, but I relate to the doctor. I relate to this program. I relate to this paragraph. Thank you for letting me share. With that, I pass. Thank you so much, Lori D. Perfect timing. Okay, so if you haven't shared in the last couple days, who would like to share on this fifth paragraph on page uh, 27, Roman numeral 27, XXBII? I'm sorry, Yvette I didn't C. hear any of that. Yvette C. in Georgia. Yvette C. Charlotte D. Elizabeth, Elizabeth D. Tom. Elizabeth what? D. As in Donald. Okay, and Charlotte. Pam okay, with that. I'm sorry. Pam D. Pam D. Okay. That's all we have time for. So let's see, Yvette C, Charlotte, Elizabeth D, and Pam D. Go ahead, please, Yvette. Yvette C in Georgia, recovered compulsive overeater and um, practical application, taking action. Um, before program, I, I, I thought I was doing some, uh, I was taking action, practical application of self-willed solution, uh, starvation, pills that I thought would... Um, you know, reduce weight, um, diet clubs, and uh, none of that worked. It resulted in frustration and, um, you know, putting on more and more weight to the tone of uh, obesity, you know, and then I sat in that place just miserable and um, uh, so thankful Yvette we seem to have lost you. Can you hear me? We hear you, Katie. No yes, problem. Katie, we can hear I you. I can hear you. Okay, hear you. my phone's been weird. Okay, is Yvette C here? Okay, um, let's go on to Charlotte and uh, then Elizabeth D. Good morning. I'm Charlotte T. from Nashville, Tennessee. And um, this little paragraph has been covered beautifully already, but I'm trying to make an effort to share. So in an effort to see uh, something um, that maybe hasn't been looked at in in this perspective, I went back to my big book from 2004 uh, that just, just barely held together and is covered in markers and notes and all kinds of things. Uh, and to see to see what I'd written in that book, I'm, I'm, that's a, edition three, and the one I've had in my lap while we started the meeting is the edition four, and it's all pris, uh, pristine and new, and I'm making notes in it. 
Um, but the thing that I saw in my older book was um, where when Bill says that, um, sorry, I'm a little nervous here. Uh, when he said he acquired ideas. Um, now we know that was the allergy and the mental twist. Um, but he also acquired ideas through an intuitive thought. And I've been reading a lot around two-way prayer. And I'm noticing more and more in the big book, which uh, how many times it's about listening to God or asking God. Um, and I, I didn't... I didn't have a lot of instruction on that back in 2004. So the intuitive thought is what showed up for me. And then also we know that his idea is going to go be work with other alcoholics. Well, last night I was at a newcomers meeting. First, first time we've started it. And I'm very happy that we, we started it. I don't even know if there were newcomers there, but I was helped by remembering that even at age 12, when I was babysitting neighbors' children, I would steal their food. And I remember uh, um, one evening when I came to babysit, the kids said, hey, you eat all our food. <laughs> I was just mortified, but I did. I ate all the ice cream, all the cookies, uh, you know, and I'm sure the uh, uh, mother and father of the kids I was babysitting uh, probably thought, well, you've already been paid because you ate your weight in uh, sweets. Um, but so it's, it's, it is so valid to go to a newcomer's meeting, first of all, for the service, but also um, I hadn't thought of that in years. And uh, so sharing with other alcoholics, uh, other addicts is uh, an important part of what we do. And uh, listening to God is an important part of what we do. Um, thanks so much. Thank you so much, Charlotte T. Okay, Elizabeth G., you're up, followed by Pam D. Good morning. Can I be heard? Yes. Thank you, and thank you for your service. Uh, my name is Elizabeth D. I'm a, a recovering uh, compulsive overeater in, near, in and near Boston. Um, many years ago, one of the leading contributors of this book came under our care in this hospital, and while here, he acquired some ideas which he put into practical application at once. Um, so much is contained in this little paragraph, and I've really enjoyed and benefited from what I've heard this morning about the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. And what steps out for me here um, is he acquired some ideas which he put into practical application at once. Um, and if you look before, if you look at the paragraph before this paragraph, it said we are perhaps not well equipped to apply the powers of good that lie outside our synthetic knowledge. There's knowledge again. And powers of good is not capitalized. The initial letters of powers of good are not capitalized. And yet after this paragraph many years ago, um, in the following paragraph, at the last sentence, it says, they believe in themselves and still more in the power, capitalized, initial letter capitalized, which pulls chronic alcoholics back from the gates of death. So those three things sort of pull out for me a couple of ideas. First of all, knowledge is important. 
Bill acquired some ideas. He acquired some knowledge when he was in the, in the hospital, which is important. But as we will learn later by reading Bill's story, that self-knowledge avails me nothing. So acquiring some ideas is fine, but unless I put those ideas into practical application at once, I'm going to be continuing to doom, be doomed to repeating what my addict's brain has done in the past. So this is my time up. Um, so I'm no, you very have grateful. 45 seconds. Thank you. Um, so I'm just very grateful um, to know that if I put these, this knowledge, this good knowledge that I get on this line and in the big book into practical application without waiting, without thinking some more about it, just do it, Elizabeth. Action is a magic word, as we hear all, over and over again. Find someone who can help me, who has walked this path before me, who is recovered. Take their hand. Have them share their ideas, and then put those ideas into practical application immediately without thinking. That's what I have to share. Thank you, and I'll pass. Thank you so much, Elizabeth D. Okay, Pam D., you have two minutes. Pam D, star one. Good morning. Good morning. I'm Pam B um, in California, and I just um, am really grateful to be absent. Today is day 100 for me, and um, I, I feel like this is an opportunity to just introduce myself. I, um, I listen to the recording. I'm a teacher in California, so... Um, I listen to the recording, but I don't often get to be on live, and I have a, a UTI that's keeping me from going swimming like I like to do early in the morning. But in any case, I wanted to share that I looked up the word practical, and it means of or concerned with the actual doing or use of something rather than the, with theory and ideas. And I... And I, um, I I'm familiar with the 12 steps. I, my dad would take me to meetings when I was a very little girl to AA meetings, and I had I had a lot of how it works memorized just from sitting in meetings, and um, was really attracted to the program, but uh, didn't qualify as an alcoholic. And then, um, you know, I have the physical allergy and the mental obsession, and I'm just really very grateful that there are people like my sponsor and you listening even on the recording and the, the literature that helped me uh, put into practical application the ideas and theories that, that are in the book. And um, I'm just very grateful and uh, want to just thank you. Thank you. I pass. Well, thank you so much, Pam D. from California for getting up so early to be with us today. Okay, so we've come to the end of our time. Um, thank you to everyone shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following the closing. And the share ID for today, Thursday, January 4th, 7 a.m. 
five. And so those um, numbers at the beginning of the meeting that I gave, they were 21.002 and 21.003, not 20,000. So if anybody needs that. Um, we will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by Serenity Prayer. Will Judy Ann please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Thank you. More to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God if you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to yourself. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.